This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sean Levine will step in the ring with Brennan Tobin, and you're going to fight me? Here on Tapped Out. That's right, fight me like a man. Only on the BetQL Network. Get over here! For example, you're going to fight me if I said that because earlier this week, John Jones had teased that he might, you know, come back for 282, that tonight in Salt Lake City, he gets on his Schwinn bike and makes the little trip from Albuquerque to Salt Lake, however far that is. I have no idea. I make it seem like it's right around the corner. And we get the official announcement tonight that John Jones is coming back. You going to fight me? I give you a Habsies fight. I think that what? they will announce it tonight, but I don't think he's going to be there. Okay, I'll take it. No, I, don't, I, I, I don't think, I don't think, yeah. I don't think he go. I don't think he makes the travel. I feel like that's a thing. He's just like, nah, I'm not doing it just to be John Jones and be a pain in the butt. But I think that they, we got the tweet this week where he tweets out the 282 with the prayer emoji. So definitely feels like it's agreed upon. Why wouldn't they announce it tonight? And do we think that it's still Stipe or we don't know who the opponent's going to be at this time? I think everybody's assuming it's Stipe because we've all been under the impression that Francis isn't going to be ready. I don't know. Maybe if he physically could do it and that was just like kind of a wink because he didn't want it was like a contract negotiation and if they threw a ton of money at him i mean i guess they definitely could do john versus francis but i think everybody's under the impression that this is going to be a uh, an interim title shot against uh stipe john's first time is a heavyweight just word to the wise free advice if you want it you don't have to take it you might want to work your way up a little bit to Francis and Ganu. It's one thing to put on that weight and look good in a heavy bag video. It's another thing to be fighting Francis frickin' and Ganu. It's kind of like using that cheat code back in Mike Tyson's punch out. Like, if you don't want to fight Glass Joe and the hippo guy, uh, King Hippo, that's fine, but you're probably going to do too good against Mike Tyson. So maybe actually a little bit of a slow roll, a little bit, instead of John just getting thrown in there right away against Ngannou. It might be better for both parties. I'm not saying I'm just saying. Yeah, um, I'm curious. I, I, I don't know if I don't know if Jake has taken a look at what odds are. I know he's big into early, like what the earliest have been, but like I feel like people are going to underestimate John a little bit. The only thing I'd say with him is nobody's better equipped to deal with long layoffs and distractions and weird stuff than him. This guy has been a roller coaster throughout his entire career. So 
while long layoffs would typically bother me, and yes, he is going up a weight class, I feel like he's better equipped to handle this than most. Would you fight me on that? Will Jake will get us the official numbers here in just a second. He's definitely going to be an underdog, and before I see him, I bet it's two to one. Yeah, Jake says John around minus 180. No, 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 no. John's not going to be minus 180. Yeah, John's going to be a dog in that fight. John's going to come into that fight, I think, is like Francis Ngannou just – the path to beating him, I don't I don't see it. I don't think it's what it was a few years ago where, it. yeah, I guess you could say, well, it happened. Again, time changes, and that guy right now, I, I, I just don't see it. Um, yeah, when, I think the Gon fight up, really – the Gon thing really flipped a lot of people because he basically just – not a guy with a lot of technique. He just, with with blown-out knees, just ragdolled the guy, was able to out-grapple him to keep his title. It was very impressive. It changed a lot of people's opinion on Francis, I think. Let's go, BT, from the biggest weight class to the smallest. You're going to fight me? DJ Demetrius Johnson said earlier this week in an interview that everybody loses at some point and that if Khabib would have kept fighting, he would have lost. I agree with DJ. You going to fight me? No, I'm not going to fight you. I think that I think Khabib, I think that's one of the things that I would have liked to see Khabib stick around. Now, I will say, Khabib, much like Kamaro is doing, his last performance against Gaethje, like that was the best Khabib I felt like we've ever seen. Like he looked untouchable and I would have liked to see that run of longevity continue, continue. And I get that he had, you know, his father passing away and the promise to his mother and all that type of stuff. But yeah, I definitely would have liked to see this, this guy and see how long he would have reigned over that 155 division. That's so talented and so tough. How would he have handled a guy like Charles Oliveira, all that type of stuff. Um, yeah, you know, his, his protege has the chance at the world championship now, so I'm sure he's happy about that. But um, I think that's somebody, yeah, I, I definitely think that that division is so talented that eventually he would have gotten he would have gotten defeated. Well, it almost feels like it works out like it should have because you point out Islam. I mean, if both those guys were at the top, then what happened? So it probably worked out best for all parties. Uh, we're going to see Luke Rockhold back in the octagon tonight taking on Paolo Costa. Rockhold almost a three-to-one underdog. You're going to fight me if I say that Luke Rockhold is going to be best remembered for getting knocked out by Mike Bisping. Oh, um, yeah, I'm going to fight you on that. I don't I don't think that should be his legacy. A guy who is a strike force champion and a UFC champion. Uh, to me, that's a that's a that's a special thing that he's got on his resume. And, you know, for me, I, I think that it, it comes down much more so that that's going to be more remembered for just being Michael Bisping's crowning achievement than it is just Luke Rockhold's, you know, some huge blemish. It is because, I mean, listen, they were talking a lot of smack in that fight. And, um, you know, didn't Michael Bisping do that? on like, how many, it wasn't very much notice. Wasn't it like 17 days or something like that? He was filming a movie. I believe even less. Yeah, I want to say it was like 10 days notice, 12 days notice, something like that. Yeah, it's, I, I think for me, that's just more, that more speaks to the greatness of Bisping and, great that he was finally able to get a championship then it does say oh that's that's a that's a stain on luke rockhold's career what about bisping just because we're going down the path like when you think about him what's his frozen moment in time probably getting knocked out by dan henderson if we're being honest not to me i think that that getting that well, was definitely a big one on, and then the Ander- I, I think the anderson silva was a big one too that was a you know coming back in that fight and i think that that was was huge in a lot of people's mind too i, I think that i think bisping really was able to erase a lot of the stuff from that Dan Henderson knockout. Oh, that's what makes him such a legend is that every, he was able to basically overcome anything, the bad that happened in his career, in his career, where you can look back and say, yeah, that sucked, but 
whatever. I avenged it. Brendan Tobin, Sean Levine, Jake and Kevin helping out as well. Appreciate you checking us out wherever you are all over the world on the BetQL network, especially if you're on the app or watching our pretty faces on twitch.com backslash BetQL. Uh, you had Jake Paul on your show earlier this week down in Miami. You're going to fight me if I say, I think you kind of like him. I feel like it took you a little bit of time to come around, but I think you kind of you like him, don't you? I kind of do like Jake Paul. I do. Yeah, he is. Uh, I'm not going to fight you on that. I do like Jake Paul. He is a charmer. I will say that. I like him too. Uh, he, I will say I was expecting a little bit more out of the Tyler Hero interview. That was the original reason I had him on is because he was interviewing Tyler Hero, who Heat fans haven't really heard much from, and he's been in like every trade rumor known to man. Um, but yeah, he was. A, he's a charmer. He was a charmer. He did catch a... I will say, people couldn't hit a baseball to save his life because he was at the Marlins game, and I think we've all seen the video of him swinging and missing a hundred times. Um, but he did catch a deep ball from Tua, and and I think that that was uh, you know everybody showed the misses, but nobody showed the catch. I thought I felt like that was unfair to Jake Paul. He looked pretty bad in the batter's box. I'll give him that. And, and to be fair, I tried that a couple of years ago at Kauffman Stadium here in Kansas City, and my original goal was to get one to the warning track, not in the air, just to roll one there. And then after taking a few at-bats, and this is with a machine pitch, I was just like, dude, I just want to get it out of the infield. The infields are huge in Major League Baseball. And when I finally got it to the grass, I felt so good about myself, bro. Can I tell you something that uh, Ring Walk has intrigued me about this fight already between Anthony Joshua and Usyk because they're doing uh, anthems yeah. right now? Yeah, what's up? Anthony Joshua wearing black trunks and black gloves today. Always wears white. Always wears all white. You know, like he's in Wimbledon. Now he's going Tyson all black. Now you know. Now I'm maybe swayed. Don't 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 play this game with me because I want to bet on this fight. I got a little bit of money in the account. If they're making the walk and telling me I have time, I can get Joshua two to one right now. Which way should I bet it? Now you're telling me he's wearing black on black on black. Yeah, but then I, I look at Usyk and he's got a ponytail oh. in the middle of a bald head, and that scares me. Okay. And also, you know, he's fighting for the representation of an entire country that's being attacked right now by Russia. So, I also, you know, you also have that, that he's got a lot on, on his plate. And that did is- you hear, I heard this on Chris Mannix's, Mannix's podcast. Did you hear what he did? Like, he went to the Saudi government and was going to buy the rights for Ukraine so they could show it around the country there. And instead, they just gave it to him for free. And so Ukraine gets to watch this fight. Isn't that badass? Nice. Wow. Yeah, because we're yeah. talking about the fights going on all over the world. So Saudi Arabia is where this one's going down. Salt Lake City is where 278 is going down. You're going to fight me as a resident born and raised of Miami, Florida, that it's kind of an insult to take the octagon to Salt Lake City, where nothing against the people of Utah. I've been there. I skied Park City in Brighton. It was great. But Miami is outside of Las Vegas where I think of when it comes to the UFC, when I think of mixed martial arts. That's basically where everybody trains. You're going to fight me if I say, Kind of an insult to go to Salt Lake City before Miami. Uh, no, I'm not going to fight you on that. And especially since Dana White went on Instagram and said that the UFC was coming here soon. And I'm still waiting on when soon o'clock hits because I don't have I don't have UFC here and Salt Lake City gets it. I just think it's weird. I don't really understand why. Like Salt Lake City is apparently beautiful, fine. But I don't understand yeah. the tie of having Kamaru Usman there. It's just... It's very strange to me. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I, I, I don't really care. Like ultimately, like who cares where the fights are? You know, as long as we get the good fights. But I just find it odd. Like, why? The, 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 here's the odd thing that I find. 
geographically, if you wanted to take it to some weird random city, like if you went in Buffalo and whatever, it just comes out the tip of my brain. I have no problem with it. But then you're spreading the love, right? Like you're giving the East Coast a little bit of the action for a pay-per-view. To put it as close as you possibly can to Las Vegas, I mean, how many major cities are between Las Vegas and Salt Lake City? Geography, not really my thing, but I believe the answer is none. So weird, but I'll be watching. UFC 278 tonight. We've talked about the Aldo fight taking on Marab Davalashvili. Paulo Costa in the co-main event takes on Luke Rockhold. And then the main, Kamaru Usman versus Leon Edwards. Um, you're going to fight me if I say that I'd rather watch a preseason football game and bet on it that means nothing than a meaningful baseball game. You going to fight me? Yeah. It, you know what it's meaningful not, baseball is it's like? Not, you're a Marlins fan. Well, yeah. Listen, if you're going to say – you said baseball game, though. Like, if you were just going to go Marlins Touché. game, then, yeah, I'd probably go with you. Unless Sandy Alcantara is pitching. But there's there's definitely meaningful baseball games I'd rather watch than the last preseason game where nobody's going to play. But well, I'm excited tonight, dude. You know, Tua, Tyreek Hill. Woo-wee! The real, the real okay. connection for Tyreek Hill's career starts tonight. Finally, finally he's going to show everybody. You know what? I'm the one who made Patrick Mahomes. Good luck with Pringle. I've Hell learned one thing in, in radio that, yeah, that was the name Pringle, Byron Pringle. Wait, once you pop, you can't stop. I've heard that um, when, when, you're, when your voice changes the way that yours does, you don't even believe what you're about to say. And when oh, you're just a little bit high right there, you just nah, play the I old uh, 